Hello and welcome to another episode of A Wee Bit of Everything with your hosts, Lewis Cleland and Clark Burrow. This week we're delighted to get another guest onto the show. As always, if you see it on Instagram at A Wee Bit of Everything Podcast or Twitter at Burrell underscore Mister or at ClelandLewis94, we'd be very appreciative if you could give us a like or a retweet as this helps us get the podcast out there so that others can listen to it as well. Mr. Burrell, this week, who have we got on the podcast? Would you like to do the honours? My pleasure, Lewis, my friend. Um, this week we've got Danny Denham joining a wee bit of everything. Um, he's on to share his experience in the world of sport and teaching. So, a good combination there for the podcast. And uh, Danny's also played professional football for 10 years, having his spells with Livingston and some lower league Scottish teams. He has always enjoyed teaching kids and was always uh, volunteering with schools at primary and secondary level before he applied to the PGD. E PE course, um, which I didn't get into um, the first, uh, in the first time. Uh, this didn't stop Danny and his pursuit to becoming a teacher, though, and he applied to primary teaching. He's now in a non non class contact uh, teacher role, where the school uses Danny's background in professional sport to teach the PE curriculum. Finally, uh, Danny works in media and has his own podcast called Lower League Ramblings. So check that out. Um, he also writes for the BBC and writes for various magazines and all things football. So I'm sure the both of us will really enjoy what he's got to say tonight and um, we're looking forward to seeing, his, seeing what his thoughts are on sport and teaching. Welcome Danny, a wee bit of everything. Um, first time I've, I've met over the over Zoom, been in touch with you through a, a few messages on Twitter, but it's good to finally put a, a face to the name. How's things? Yeah, you're really good. I was uh, flattered when you, you asked me to come on after hearing Andy Deal and Johnny Penman. So you've got this this novice coming on next, but I'm sure it'll be entertaining. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be entertaining. I'm sure you've got a lot to a lot of, uh, experience that you've been involved in in the primary sector with regards to PE. So don't sell yourself short. So um, before we get into it, then could you give us and uh, the listeners a little background information on your career to date, Danny? So on career, I loved sport all my life pretty much and it was always something I wanted to get into. Um, did a sports studies degree um, on a scholarship at Stirling University because foot, football was decent at and other sports I was as well. Um, and then I couldn't get a sport job off the back of that. I was very lucky to play football professionally at the time and move full time. So that was my job at the time, played to live for Livingston full time. And I got released for Livingston and then that was it. Like, what am I going to do? Uh, always liked working with kids. So got into tried to get into teaching, PE teaching like yourselves, and just couldn't get in. Knockbacks after knockbacks. So uh, working in a high school and a primary school as a classroom assistant, working with the kids firsthand. Then finally got into a primary school PGDE, um, just generic across the board. Did my probation year, uh, and then luckily a non-class contact position came up where I was just teaching PE at primary school, um, and they wanted to use my sport and background. Knew I played football, and knew that was an area of interest for me. So for the last few years. I've uh, been working in that role, getting involved with PPAS meetings and uh, getting involved with the active schools team um, and leading some CPD events at, at the school itself. And I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. Good. So what's this, what, uh, where's the school? Is so it up in Fife? It's, uh, it's Crossford Primary School. So it's a wee village just outside Dunfermline. Um, not the best facilities for, for teaching PE, but we, we make do in this sector. Um, mm. Yes, yeah, a lovely wee place. Lovely school. Okay. I'm through in Fife as well. I'm Where are you a bit? Kirkcaldy, St Andrews. Oh, nice. You'll have better facilities than us. 
<laughs> no, <laughs> definitely <laughs> not. I need to describe this. Have you got an Astro? No, we've got a big pitch, but it's got a. Um, it's great outdoor facilities to be fair, but you you're going to break an ankle on that if you if you. It's lots of little potholes. Is it got a cage or anything? Indoor one, Joe. It's got nah nothing. It's just it's loose. You've oh, got okay. this the, the 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 gym hall itself, right? This is a real test for PE practitioners if they want to test. It's like a circle. It's a circle shape, right? And it's got no walls on the outside, so it's like it's like uh, I don't know. A, yeah, a, a circle, and then the classrooms are on the outside the door, so I can't play music too loud or I get complaints. <laughs> so it really makes you think on your feet when you're teaching indoors. Silent so disco. Pretty much. But no, the, the new rules, obviously, we have to teach outside most of it. So actually, it benefited me more than, more than not. Have you got a set of goals? Is that, is that a mugger? We've got nah, it's We've got like just a big grass pitch. We've got a basketball pitch. Decent, to be fair, decent. But the, the goals are just like, we've got pl- the old metal goals, no nets. Right, okay. I've been trying to get nets for ages, but nah, no budget for nets. That's the first, first job when you get back, trying... Get them to get your nets. Do you know what it's like trying to put pressure on the board, uh, on the higher ups? You might, oh, I just need an extra a bag of balls or whatever, and it's you fight, <laughs> yeah. you fight tooth and nail for it. Yeah, no, it makes a difference once you get it. Yeah, but, um, I love to see them teach uh, basketball more in primary. So I think it's really a great sport for secondary. You love teaching as well, Lewis, don't you? Yeah, I enjoy it. I, I think it's easier for the the kids to grasp versus like football because obviously you can you can catch it and. Versus, it's easier to catch it and handle a ball as it is to, to dribble a ball with your feet. So, see that. See on that, like, like I like teaching basketball. It's hard with the younger ones sometimes. But see handball for primary school. Oh, uh, that's that good. Been a, a, like Aaron Anderson, you, I know you'll know him. He was the one that led a session on that, and that was one of the most valuable things because you can go as young as six, seven year olds with, mm-hmm. with handball. They, they get it, get it quick. So that's very inclusive. Yeah, that's because uh, the girl, the boys and the girls in secondary school as well. Even in the BG, it's quite a leveler. Mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of the football obviously is, is a disparity in the kind of skill level. So I definitely, and even the one-off performance they do in fourth year, and, um, it's quite a good one for the kids to get good marks in because of the uh, the kind of hand-eye coordination is always a bit mm-hmm. higher. Hopefully by then. But I uh, spoke about PPAS, PPAS meetings. I think that's a good point already, just to, for anybody listening to take away how useful those meetings are. I think you've learned a lot then from, was it Aaron that was, was he Aaron was, he was the initial one at the time. Brilliant, because before he was there, it was this kind of piecemeal. And then all the primary school teachers are, obviously, I'm lucky that I teach P, but they're teaching everything. So time is off the essence. And if they're not getting pushed and they're not saying up for it, it was I was keen to get involved. But Aaron set that up and, he led it and it showed you kind of the things. He was quite uh, direct in what he would like to have seen when mm. primary sevens come up to high school. But I think they needed that direction at the time. And then he was, what do you want? And we were saying, we'd love to see you deliver it. So he would set up those CPD sessions um, after speaking to us. And he would use kids, primary school kids. He would get uh, them to help and set And that was really good. Because you can see high school kids do some of these activities. And you think, oh, that's, that's all well and good. But mm. come down and try to do that with a bunch of six, seven-year-olds. But he did that and... Good. I took so much away for PPAS meetings just from a, a PE teacher who's uh, passionate about it but, and knows his stuff. Um, and it gave that, I said it off air, but I sometimes feel a bit of an imposter when I'm teaching PE sometimes. But it's not my, where I was, uh, what I was really taught, whereas they give you that extra bit of confidence to know, you actually are, you're doing all right. Mm-hmm. PPAS, if anybody that gets into teaching, I would recommend they try, if they're into sport, um, recommend getting yourself on the PPAS committee if you can. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that. Um, so, sort of moving on to um, your experience of PE school. Um, what was that like? What was the, your kind of favourite memories of PE school? 
Good question. I love PE. Like, as a kid, there's nothing else I enjoyed more than sport. In fact, I didn't even enjoy anything else apart from sport, really. So PE was like the one. It's like, this doesn't even feel like a subject. But I was trying to think back. Like, primary school, I can't really remember much PE in primary school. All I remember was two things. was the baked bean game, um, <laughs> beans on toast or whatever. That, and I remember... Like, a, like, do you remember Gladiators back in the 90s? Ah, yeah, I used to love that programme. Yeah, the, uh, Cobra, the Gladiator, he came for a visit and he did a wee session with us. And he oh, was, did he? He had these massive biceps before this time, like <laughs> huge, huge. So that's only two things I really remember from <laughs> it. What did he do with his? Some of his biggest Lewis's biceps. <laughs> it's, it's probably, do you know Size what? of my head. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a good bit of girth on those biceps, to be fair, but probably <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. he had a patch on Cobra. Yeah, no, he was a unit. So uh, yeah, that that you didn't. I don't know what he did. But I think he was just taking us for some fitness stuff. Right. You always, re- always remember those experiences, though, don't you? Oh, some 100%. some squats. <laughs> Pretty much, you could have done with some. His legs were like tree trunks as well. To be fair, it was incredible. That's only only things I remember. And then when you go to high school, much different. But just absolutely loved it. I remember it really vividly. Even like gymnastics, which is something that I'm rubbish at. Just loved like jumping over the stuff and all that, and then um, mm-hmm. PE core, which was it's probably BGE now, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. We would we'd have the goals, we'd set up the goals at break time, so we would get extra time to play football, because um, it meant you didn't have to the, the first ten minutes of the session uh, setting them up. So just loved it. I even remember the changing rooms in terms of like it was no showers, obviously. You just Go on, mate. You sprayed yourself with Lynx Africa, mud on the knees, away history. There <laughs> <laughs> was a girl you fancied sitting beside you, you weren't smelling too good. Remember that that too well. Uh, well Lynx Africa, that brings back memories. Lynx Africa. <laughs> still going strong, by the way. <laughs> I still get one of them at Christmas. There's madness that you, that you would do that and go to the next class, but I'd imagine it still happens, does it? Aye, like, totally. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just get on about it. That's mm. crazy. Aye, um, well, you were saying that's what Cassie got you for Valentine's yesterday, wasn't it? I like that. <laughs> Limited edition. No, I've not smelt in a while. I need to maybe get myself a bottle to bring back to reminisce about those old P changing room days. But see, in terms of like the theoretical stuff, I can't really remember much of that at all. So we talk about the salaries, etc. Now, you're learning about um, the kinesthetic awareness. For me, just going about just get on, do practicals, playing games, playing games at the time. And then it wasn't the fifth and sixth year that I remember some of the structures and strategies and the whole part whole and mm-hmm. all the opposite pieces. But it kind of just felt like for me it just felt fun just games all the time at PE so um, there was one thing I wanted to say though it was I don't know if it's changed you, you'll be able to tell me but it's very laddie it was a, a proper alpha male environment in terms of it was tough it was like a football changing room sometimes it was a tough hunting ground and, and mm-hmm. the girls got it tough I think it was a minority girls and they had to be strong willed to, to be mm-hmm. in the higher class because it was just it was just dominated by boys who were Teenage boys who are horrible. And in, in, in my school now, they've got like aesthetics pathways and games pathways, so that obviously you've got more freedom of choice. Yeah. But um, no, I can definitely agree, like remember that as well when I was at school. I think there's mm-hmm. probably a lot more personalization now, isn't there? A lot more choice well, for the, the pupils to, to opt into these different pathways and that. Which is a good thing for them um, in terms of motivation and enjoying what they're doing but I remember S4 core it was just football constantly yeah. the intensity of some of the games was <laughs> through the roof the challenges were flying in um, but that's, that's my memory really PE as well like just playing football constantly you know, you what, did, you know, did you know you wanted to be PE teachers 
did that, did, did that like want encourage you to become PE teachers because you were enjoying it so much at school? No, that's basically it. I loved it, and uh, I probably I probably knew at fourth year that I wanted to do it, and uh, left straight away. Didn't really like school to be honest. Um, mm. Left as early as I could, and then went to college and became a PE teacher from from there. When I was getting the third year at uni, so it was a kind of different pathway. I didn't have even done higher PE, but mm-hmm. um, and I kind of think I can teach it, so it's not done alright. <laughs> you have. I, I don't know. I didn't think I was. I, I kind of wanted to be a PE teacher. I stayed on to six year. Didn't really have a clue what I was doing. And then my dreams were shattered when I knew I was had no chance of getting my higher English or that at school. Um, I get. I think I get my. I get a higher C for PE. I get a higher in art and then a higher in information systems. So like the three most random hires ever. Um, and then ended up working in a gym for a bit after school for a couple of years. And then went through college and then went my postgrad. So I kind of went a different route as well. Yeah. Um, but it was it was during college I kind of decided because I was I knew I didn't want to coach football or specifying like a specific sport. So I knew that I probably wasn't going to be that passionate about just focusing on one sport versus working with loads of different young people each day in different environments, which I kind of thrived off a wee bit more. So that was when I, I kind of made my mind up. I think that can only be good for the profession as well. That people would take different pathways. Like Danny's took a different pathway for us. You've got life experience working in gym and fitness, so. That can only be good. Imagine everyone just done the same route. Yeah. You wouldn't really um, have a... I always find that with P teachers, they're more diverse. Like, it's a more diverse background. Mm-hmm. And I'm biased, but I think they've got a bit more personality than, uh, mm. than, than other teachers. And I don't want to offend any other colleagues. <laughs> but I feel they've got that, that, that diverse background leads itself to, to more personality, which is better for the kids. If you're more charismatic and more personality, they're going to buy into it. Because the environment you're working in as well, though, isn't it? It's a lot more like energetic and enthusiastic yeah. and competitive. So you need to have a wee bit about you and to to give it back. Absolutely. I think Absolutely. in our PE department as well, like you have, like we're just naturally adaptable because of all the challenges we face. Because they're obviously moving about in different gym halls. Your classes are outside, they're inside. Whereas as a primary teacher or as a history teacher, you've got them sitting in front of you continually in your classroom. Yeah. So I think in COVID we've reacted real, probably better. I'm not saying better, but I think we've taken it in a stride as PE teachers because yeah. we're used to these challenges and having to create new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, that's that's obviously been good preparation for this. We knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, what what was your worst memories then? Any obviously maybe worst teachers or any memories of teachers that you didn't like? Teachers were just old school, eh? like proper old school. I think it was like, I was at Broughton High School in Edinburgh, which is like a school of football now. It's proper state-of-the-art stuff. Back then, I was in the last, my left sixth year, it was, they knocked the school down and the, I think they got rid of the staff with it. So the, 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 they, were, they were like good cracking at a lot of them. They were good, good fairly engaging, but they were stripped hard on you. I think tough on again, tough on the girls and tough on people. No excuses, no nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was one teacher that I loved. He just used to show, it was round about when Liverpool won the Champions League in the mm-hmm. 2005. And he was a scouser and he used to make you showed that game on repeat. Never it was like oh, I feel it. So it was like him just going over Kaka's and Crespo's goals and stuff. Loved him. But there was another one who just did not like me in the slightest. Like I got 40 out of 40. I don't know if it works now, but it was 40 out of 40 for practical. And then he gave me a prelim grade of a, a C. So I was like, so you're expecting me to get. Uh, 10 out of the remaining 60 marks. You're not, you you have that little faith in me. That, that's it, take it or leave it. So I just felt they were just stuck in their ways and kind of like mm. a bit old school, but it didn't really affect my enjoyment. Of it. I, I didn't have any real bad memories. Only thing in reflection is how alpha male it was at the time and how probably 
it didn't really affect me at the time, but how it would maybe impact on others. Even just like, see when you're waiting for the changing room, there was like a tunnel and you would go in and like they would turn the lights off and then there's no teachers there. This is only, I'm talking, this isn't like 15 years ago. This is, I'm not that old. And you would just go down and they would, you would just get battered. And it was so, <laughs> so, so those memories, you could see they were character, but you could see they were character building. But it was it absolutely like, carnage. Yeah, it sounds like something from like the 80s, but this was in, I'm not that old. I only just turned thirty, so it was it was it was quite old school. I hit mm. more old school than it should have been for for that era. So probably that might have put a few people off, but it didn't really it didn't really impact me too much. Clark, what's your worst memories of, 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 at school, like PE or that? Have you got any that stick in your mind for the grammar? Probably getting beat up, getting beaten badminton off uh, <laughs> off of the top girl in the class. Right. <laughs> in front of everybody scared for life uh, she beat me she, I thought I'd take her on and acting smart as you do I don't think she was that good at badminton at least printer she's a piece uh, no, give her a wee shout out there um, she uh, she beat me in badminton pretty, pretty comfortably to be fair um, Is that, that's what forced you to leave school I was just a day after that actually I left uh, there's my leaving forms signed <laughs> no that wasn't a good moment in my in my PE in my school career but no I had what are good memories. Um, mm. The PE changing rooms were always interesting places to be yeah. in, as you mm. say. Um, I, I, the old ones, like, we get a new school when you must have been in third year, I was in second year. When we came I, in, or, no, or I, not. I, I wasn't in no. Oh, were well, you not? Know, I think I was, no, maybe I was just going into fourth year because the difference between the new and the old changing rooms is, was just night and day, man. Like, the old ones were horrendous. Like, we used to climb it, like, these wee windows, like, wee square windows. We used to climb at them if we had PE last period and that and get, like, cut off the teachers and everything and get any bother for it. Mental. Right. I know, it's some of the stuff, but what was I going to say there? Right, so, we, our school was getting built, so we had to move out of the old building into porter cabins. So, that was probably one of my worst memories, like, absolutely <laughs> freezing in English, trying to write an essay where, like, and these jacket, a jacket and a hat on. Are you in the porter cabins, Lewis? <laughs> I've got one funny memory for them. So, see, the toilets were like porter cabins as well, right? I don't know if you can remember this, but like, there's this wee pipe that stuck out the wall, and you could go inside into the toilet, and there was this valve that you could turn on, and you could, when you turn it on, the water just absolutely gunned at it like a hose. So, you'd get one of your pals standing at the door, and they would tell you when to turn the valve on. So, if he's walking by, and you turn it on, no, this water was getting <laughs> soaked, folk. It's just too far. But uh, that was. I hope that, I hope that wasn't you. Yeah, no. Well, that we was just, me. We just witnessed it. Aye, aye. The thing is, so the TP though, it kind of was a subject of the tearaways. You know, those mischievous people. It kind of just is. I don't know if it still is, but like I was a bit mischievous at school. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. It was just you were you were active. You were doing stuff, and there was a bit more scope for a bit of mischievousness without mm-hmm. uh, getting in big big trouble for it. So. Mm-hmm. Sounds like oh. you pay what as well, to be fair. <laughs> I felt like I screwed in that a wee bit when it came into like fifth and sixth year, but it still wasn't that academic or anything. But just a wee bit more. Yeah. Getting mature and had better relationships with my teachers and that. Yeah, I think I screwed in that in first year when I went to high school. Um, I wasn't the best in primary. Uh, so taking it back to the sort of primary setting then, can you t- maybe talk us through your role now and what you're doing in the, in the school that you're in? So I'm non-class contact, so teacher. So that means when the the, the, the teachers get their Macron time, the planning yeah. time, I'm taking their class. Um, I only work three days a week, uh, and amongst other stuff, other jobs. But the three days I work, um, I'm at 100 minute blocks. So on the Tuesday, I'll have primary one for 100 minutes break time, then primary two, and and so on for 100 minutes. So three classes a day. Primary one for 100 minutes. 
hundred minutes. It's tough. It's oh, very yeah. It's, it's tough graft. It was it was easier when they got changed before P because it would take them twenty minutes to get changed at the start and twenty <laughs> minutes to get changed at the end. But oh, yeah, I was the same. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a it's a it's a it's a hard shift. The hundred minutes for the P because they have attention spans for like not. higher up the school you're fours and above you get into a lot of stuff in those in in, in the hundred minutes that you couldn't get into before in the fifty minute slots that I'd done previously. So I prefer the hundred minutes way. Um, and I just I mean just P curriculum nothing else really um, and it just works out well and um I'm just kind of free to get on with myself and I think that I've got a good head teacher who's quite trusting with me and just ask me what I'm doing I tell her and she just lets me a lot of freedom which is good because I didn't didn't like it initially when I was I was nervous. I had that imposter uh, imposter what's the word syndrome. That's the one. Um, when I was teaching, there was someone. I was this one gives me a bit more freedom, and I'm allowed to I'm allowed to teach a bit more freely. So I enjoy that. And what kind of things? What kind of activities do you cover then? So I tried to speaking when I went to PPAS and when I sort of changed it. I started doing it on a context basis rather than a sport basis. So I'll have. A block on invasion games, um, mm -hmm. and I won't just stick to one. Um, I'll, I'll dip in out of them. Um, and I'm, I'm quite big on teaching games for understanding as well. Having listened to who's it you had on, who was brilliant about it. Cameron Stewart, was it? Stewart. Potentially, yeah. And that it fed into a lot of what I like to do because you can do the game and you can see bits and pieces. You can really assess your class quickly and see mm -hmm. what you need to work on. So um, I'm big on that with invasion games. And then with the real ones, They've got the invasion game context, but it's more the skills required for them. So um, I'm not going to get them, for example, playing teaching games for understanding. For example, I'm not going to get them playing a game of basketball. I'll be yeah. I'll be building into the movements, different yeah. movements, um, whether that's BMT and different throwing stuff, all all different kinds of things that are essential to that that context. Now, invasion games is one I'm quite strong on because it's my backgrounds in football, and I've got an interest in other invasion games, sports such as. Gymnastics is a tough, tough one for me, difficult one for me because the kids love it, but it's an area that I don't have enough a lot of confidence in. So I'm having to really reach out to people. In terms of demos, me. do you mean in terms of demos, or do you just do you get some of the pupils to demonstrate? Oh, 100 percent, yeah. yeah. <laughs> some of the stuff they do, I can't believe. Like even the primary five, sixes, and seven, they're like young, but some of the stuff that they can do is just like. Yeah, do what We're she confident, did. Aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Just do what she did. I can't explain that. So, like, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a fair bit of like getting the pupils to help. Yeah, but also reaching out to people in our cluster who have got teachers who have got a bit of expertise in that, um, high school teachers. Um, but but that, that's an area that's weak. But I'm enjoying teaching it context by context. And it's, that's kind of it changed up a bit and given me a bit of order. Mm -hmm. My experience of working in the primary, primary one to three, it was just trying to get them not to fall fall down basically when they're running that's the first challenge is trying to get them to stay on their feet honestly what's it like yeah, it's just it's, constantly it's running so tough falling so into each other or, so getting getting them um basically balanced really balanced and control when they're moving is uh it's hard to make it fun as well with with, with that and you assume like you said there you assume that they'll be able to do same stuff and they just can't like how can you not do that how can it's you mentally not? draining just trying to explain the most simple concepts to them isn't yeah. it like yeah. that's that's a skill in itself is trying to get a p1 to understand how to perform like a, a set movement or something like that yeah yeah massively it really is and when you think we've all got sport backgrounds so things probably just came natural to us but mm -hmm. not, not everybody's like that so sometimes it's like just catch a ball you should know how to catch a ball but you yeah. really need to break that skill down for for a wee one and use all the different props and all the different um, bits and pieces and uh, to help them but yeah primary ones 
feel really difficult and uh, go back to 100 minutes it's, it's tough 100 minutes of trying to get them to stay on their feet it's not easy <laughs> how many classes is that with then it's, they've only got one each so i've only got one prime like so i've got i only teach eight, eight classes i think eight, i think they've got eight overall and they've got a composite right. so right. I've, I've got which is it, it lends itself quite well to um, teaching, I can teach the same sort of, sort of stuff for primary ones and twos. So like on a Tuesday, I've got primary ones and to three, which is good because that's it means good. that's good. You've got them all on the same day. Yeah, because so you, you don't have to rip up your your um, the different equipment and whatever you're using because you're going to have to be using different equipment. So yep. it's great they've got them on the same day, so I can have kind of the similar thing. And then if you're teaching the same, this is why it helps as well. I think teaching within the same context. I do teach the same context usually with primary sevens. I do with primary ones. It's just different stuff that we're doing. Mm-hmm. But it means some of the say we're doing central net games and you're you're working with rackets. It means the rackets out are out on that day rather than teaching central net games to the older ones and then going into gymnastics with the weaker ones. Right. It's just becoming too muddled. So. That definitely helps. I just allows you to be a bit more organised, I suppose. Yeah, massively. Yeah. I think I think I've said in this podcast before as well. Like when they come to S one, some of them are thrown in catching skills. I don't know if it's like in your school, but how bad is some of the, some of the quality? Just basics. Like for me, I would rather, if it was possible, have a PE teacher like yourself in all the primary schools and in, mm-hmm. in every school. But obviously, funding wise, that's probably why. It isn't happening, but at least getting secondary school teachers somehow out to visit these primaries and try and build the basics because we make our job a bit easier for sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's what I had to do in my, my probation year. So after I was doing, I had a maternity cover for my probation year. So come April, when it was like a change of timetable, the women who I was covering for came back. So instead of me like staying in the school and just getting hammered with like biology covers and all that, I just went down to the, the primary schools and continued teaching PE to the to the different year group to like the feeder primary schools which was good. good do, you enjoy, do, you enjoy, do you enjoy it more than do you enjoy also teaching high school kids is what you do usually do you do you enjoy that more or do you enjoy working with the primary um, sector? I, I think it's, it's pros and cons of both like I, I really enjoy working with like see like P5-6 like that I think that's just a great age to work with maybe mm. even P7 as well like I just think they're just so enthusiastic and they take on the majority of them take on what you're saying, and um, they're just keen, like to to learn. I, I really enjoy working with that that kind of age group. They're so enthusiastic, aren't they? That age. Mm-hmm. Any more than that, then I just think it like I just, I just get mentally fatigued trying to trying to explain. It. I don't know if it's just me or that's just kind of. It's not just you, no. It's it's just so hard. It's, Attention uh, spans are just like that, and so quick. But know, the, 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 the the levels of respect and enthusiasm. Yeah. I love that. And that I makes us yeah. better. I worked in a high school as like a, just a PSA, like a classroom assistant years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, if, after I fell out of football. And, um, that, and then I worked in the primary sector and the difference in that, actually, I could not believe it. Only mm-hmm. from like a first year to a second year to like a primary five, six. I was just like, wow. So I, I do I do love that part of the job. Um, so you mentioned something about advice as well for, see for um people that are teaching P that the preparation thing, that's huge mm-hmm. because the facilities in primary, you don't know, like, um, you, you need to find out what you're working with, what equipment you've got, because it's just not the same as a high school and the, the size of the pitch, what, what dimensions you've got, size of the hall, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. um, Except I, I, facilities, I mean, there's, there's not as much space as you said. Yeah, um, exactly. But I worked in, I worked in the primary for a year. I didn't know, I wanted to go back to secondary towards the end of the year. And then when I was in secondary, I've never wanted to go back. So probably answer your question, 
I probably preferred secondary more than primary. Um, I missed the banter in the department because I was just working on my own. So that was not that the pe- the primary teachers were running a good banter, but it's not the same. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, you don't have a, a department round about you. Uh, you can't speak about the Juventus Barcelona VR decision <laughs> right before or something like that, you know what I mean? No, no. So well, that, I, I like that. I like that though because it's like I'm a f- still play football, so I get that football, that part of football pattern. And I come to primary school, and it's it is all women in my school, and I get and it's a different kind of uh-huh. like that I wouldn't really ever participate in because I'm very clicky with my groups of friends and very clicky with well who I operate with. So it's it's nice to get that contrast. But I know what you mean sometimes you just want to go. What about Mike Dean's howler at the weekend? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who's Mike Dean? Oh, like Kevin Clancy. He's a different. <laughs> <laughs> what um, do, do you think you'd ever consider like going into teaching PE in this high school? Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. It's what I applied twice for and got told that, um, despite getting loads of experience in that time. And then I remember speaking to via the PFA because I was playing football at the time, and he was saying you'll need to get because your sports studies. I had a sports studies degree at Stirling University. Yeah. So that's not great to get in the postgrad. Really, what you'll need to do is get a master's in this, and then apply for the postgrad in this. And I was just like, oh, it seems a lot. I've got, I've got a, a, a fiance. I need to get going here, mm-hmm. um, my career. So that put me off. But now I'm at the stage where there might be avenues into it. I'm not sure at the moment. I need to get get a, a look at that really. But I, I, I would need to go back and do and do a postgrad again. And yeah, it's at the I, stage, it's, yeah. It's the thought, isn't it? Like that working like full time and then having to take time out of yeah to work exactly. and, to go and, and, do that. and I love working in the primary side and if I can continue doing this if I can get five days working this I, I would I'd be more than happy but there is that that itch that I want to scratch through high school and then maybe it will come around but just at this moment in time with this uh, my football there's a few other things on the go just mm-hmm. gonna just wait out in a year or two and we'll see what happens. But yeah, I like the idea of like working with pe- kids who are already got that that foundation. They've got the skill base and you can really get into it because mm-hmm. like, you'll get one or two that excel in a sport in primary school. But you'll be you'll have your higher classes and there'll be loads of them that are excelling in certain things. Mm-hmm. That you can get into the nitty gritty. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, have you have you been in a secondary school recently? Having any uh, days where you can get in practice or? Have you done that? Any placements of that? No. I've not. No, I was um, uh, speaking with Aaron that before he left, and I was going to go into Queen Anne, but after, again, it's kind of hit the back burner a little bit. So I think that would be good because it is a complete, as you say, it's a complete different challenge. You usually have experience both, so you you'll be you'll have a wealth of experience in it. But for me, it'd be like a fish out water if I was to go in. So I would like to to go in and work with the kids just on a on a voluntary basis. Well, that'd be good. That'd be a good experience, I suppose. More than welcome to Moscow at any time. I'm I'm just up the road as well, so. <laughs> Kirkcaldy, that's a, it's, a fair, it's a fair drive. Where, where, are, you, where are you, Clark? Uh, Blantyre, South <laughs> That's a bigger drive. Yeah, you're all right. I don't, I don't step out of Fife for Edinburgh. I don't like to go west. <laughs> well, um, so where are you based? Well, I live in Edinburgh. Right, um, okay. Yeah, and I've, and I've got that, that the East Coast statue towards the, the west. Uh, they're in Peel Dust. I've kind of sensed that for the Twitter messages. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't dabble between both. I'll not yeah, move. Yeah. I'll not move across the bridge. I'll need to stay this side of the bridge. <laughs> Probably the safest option. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, Danny. Then, so you've got your own podcast. Um, could you tell us a wee bit about that and what sort of motivated you to get that going? How long have you had it for? Three or four, three years maybe. I'm trying to think. I was doing writing before it, and then I got with, with podcasting was something that I wanted to do for years and years and years. Like when I was at uni, 2008, 2012. 
you still listen to podcasts and you still listen to Ricky Gervais and Kyle Pilkett and ones, mm-hmm. XFM, the old classics. And then there was the Guardian Football Weekly, um, which is still running um, to this day with, with Max Rushton. But that was back when James Richardson was there. And I loved podcasts. I loved the format of it back then, just for entertainment and self-help stuff, everything. And I wanted to get one going for football, um, but I just didn't know how. Like, I didn't have the technical skills, but it's quite easy really uh, now that I know how to do it, but I didn't mm. know that. It seemed like oh, hard branding, etc. all this that comes with it. Oh, too much going on, and I'll just put it off and put it off. And then I had the urge to do it, I was about to do it, and then Open Goal came out, which is like the best. Like like for like mm. for me, like as a Scottish footballer, it's like right up my street. It's just silly, it's nonsense. But it's kind of the kind of thing I wanted to do with the first I was like, how did they the, what's the chances of that? So then I waited a wee bit more and I thought, I'll, I'll still do it anyway. So I released one and it's just a football podcast and we just get guests from football. Not just footballers, but some people within the game, whether that's uh, managers, whether that's physios, whatever. And just, it's people that I like, I get on, I know usually and I like. And it's with my, my good friend Andy who plays as well. And we just chat football really and, and the what happens behind the dressing room and a bit about their career and it's just good fun. Just an hour mm-hmm. or two, just good chat. Yeah. Just informal and like a good yeah. laugh, aye. Yeah. So when you get when you get us on, former Queen's Park youth player, East Coast Bride. Finally coming on. I need to have at least one professional appearance to take the show. <laughs> I don't know if I, cl- I qualify. I never made it anywhere. There's still time because, like, as long as this if this podcast gets off the ground and it gets your podcast gets huge, you know, Mark Wright just signed for Crawley Town. He's the only way is Essex. So if this gets as big as the only way is Essex. <laughs> someone will maybe take a chance on you and then I'll keep you on the I'll keep you on the waiting list I've got loads of guests to get but I'll keep see, you on the waiting list see um, with regards to like when you're recording that how because obviously I've only got we I do the, the editing side of it and Clark secures all the guests and I use the the garage band and that but we've never done it like a face to face one how do you like you get a wee set up that you use or yeah, like I've got this nice mic now. It's like a blue Yeti mic, but I never used that before. All it was, simple as, was just close the doors in the room, uh, and it was an iPhone, just voice memos on an iPhone. Right, okay. And I would get the voice memos track over to um, Audacity because I don't have a MacBook, so I would use Audacity to edit and, and manipulate things. I don't really edit much anymore because it was time yeah. consuming. That's annoying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I I'd spent hours doing this, and I would just kind of let it run freely a bit more. Um, unless they've said something that they shouldn't say. There's been a few that have done that, so I've had to, <laughs> I've had to, to look after them more than anything. But. I, know, I know the feeling with Ishin in, in the podcast. <laughs> I know, I know you, don't, you don't want to miss one, don't you know? Lewis must be paranoid in case he misses one. I know, that's it. So it's, it, was, it was like, it's fine, like the whole recording process, but I think now that I would do it, I would have my laptop in the room and I would have this mic, because it's class, this mic that I've got for it. So I'm just thinking about how we do it that but um, I hated the Zoom ones. Like I hated doing it on mm-hmm. the Zoom. So I'm just waiting to see mm-hmm. what happens. Well, but I've got a few, a few ideas from my back. Well, just let us know. Let us know once you know. Once you know where we are. Well, do I'll keep you on. I'll keep you on my waiting list. <laughs> Even if it is a Zoom one. No, what I was going to say. I think the, the the good thing about Zoom is though it's like easier to get people like guests. Yeah. That that will come on and so you can just date for their house. But I guess obviously sitting down with somebody face to face, like you can't beat that. That's true. And then like it's like you have a bit of food with them. Sometimes I would do it after a game on a Saturday, so you maybe have a beer with them. Just like good fun doing that kind yeah, of thing. Class. And for what we were doing, it was kinda of, it's more informal, just a laugh mm-hmm. and stuff. And then there's different formats. But this is what you used to do. I said it off air to you and I'll say it again. It's great for for people who are listening for people any interest in P what a help this is. 
for, for them. Like when you've got guests like Andy DL and Johnny Penman, and a few of the other ones you've talked about, brilliant. Way more, for me, for my way of learning, it's way better than a book. Mm-hmm. Way better than a book because you hear pra- actual things that you can put into practice. And I said that off air, but I'll say it again just so they can hear it. <laughs> Cheers. There's a, there's, there's a plug that you, that's what you, you told me I had to say. That was one of the unwritten questions. So you passed. <laughs> It only took you 30 minutes, but anyway, we'll let you away with it. <laughs> no, but I think that was one of the reasons we wanted to start it, was to make it practical in nature, so people can take the strategies away from it, mm-hmm. rather than just listen to theory and people talking about research and books. We sometimes get a lot of kind of theory-based and research-based guests, but then we try and we try and make the questions so they can we tease out the practical. Yeah. What, does it, what does it mean for a class when we've got a class in front of us? What tasks can we set? You're going to say something like that. <laughs> I'm just wondering why you've got two pens in your hand. <laughs> I can see you like hiding behind your mic. <laughs> I, was, I was just waiting. <laughs> if um, one of them ran out. No, but listen, you never know when it'll run out, so that's why I've got two. But I, nah, so, um, yeah. I think, I think when me and Lewis got a video recording them, we might just end up freaking out. <laughs> Imagine we couldn't do it. I know. So used, so used to Zoom. It's good practice. See this though, it's great practice for you too as well. Like if, like in terms of like if you're going to lead CPD sessions, or if you're going to, this is perfect. Like you mm-hmm. get more confident when you're speaking. It's different. It's a different battle, uh, battle speaking to kids than it is speaking to actual adults because adults yeah. can, can call you out a bit more. So this gives you, a, 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 I don't know, good experience to that. For that. Aye, well, definitely. Well, tell tell Danny about the experience we had on the, the webinar last week when, but, when I get when I get chucked out of the. The oh, I the start. I, my, my, I don't know if it, it must have just been your connection. We had like if then, so obviously we had Aaron and uh, Johnny McGuire, they were on it, and it was the four of us to start with. And then as soon as I admitted all the guests into the actual live bit of the, the webinar, Clark getting booted at it. Oh, it was just like, geez, and I'm sitting there like on the oh, first time, never done anything like this before. There's like 90 odd folk there. I'm like, uh. Where are you? I'm like, <laughs> Where are you, mate? Just past me. Sweating, just Aye. sweat dripping off your brain. This is admitted Clark legs at No, I came back. <clears throat> mate, I guess. Eh? Wouldn't do that to you. No, no. Appreciate it. Right, Danny, then. So thanks for sharing that wee bit about your podcast. So, what's the, the name of it? Lordly Gramblings. Lordly Gramblings, Any Any football fans out there? There's some good, there's some good ones on there. To be honest, like if I don't say so myself, but there's some good ones. Like there is, like John Rankin was a good one. That's my favourite. Like just uh, his professionalism and bit. There's, there's good stories. So mm-hmm. don't listen to it for me. I'm useless in it. But some of the guests are. Mm. are John super. Rankin. He played for Hibs, was it? Number nine. Hearts. No. Was it Hearts. No, no Hibs. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. I Hibs number nine. You're, you're right. Who else have you had on it then? Uh, Mark McNulty was an interesting one. Uh, who else have had Sean Dillon, Dun United legend? Most yep. it's all Scottish football guests. I enjoyed having uh, Dick Campbell's brother on Pink. If oh, anybody knows lower league football, Dick I've worked with Dick for years, ten years. He was my manager, and he's the biggest character in Scottish football. But his brother's his brother's good value as well. He's his assistant, so I knew I'd get more coherent answers for him than Dick. So I got him on. But his was his was my first listen. So, aye, there's plenty. There's plenty of stuff to get your teeth in if you're a lower league football fan in Scotland. Yeah. And, and you said it's all guests that you know then you're not just kind of randomly reaching out to people to I'm randomly reaching out to a few but it's ones that are not the ones I just know but it's ones I know that I'll like because I know yeah. people that I've played with them or I know someone and I'm like I'll know that I'll get good chat or good crack from them I know mm-hmm. it will just be one word answers I know it'll be yeah. a bit, bit of substance to it so like, I didn't know I played against Jordan Rankin loads of times but I never 
Um, and I've never played with them, so it was, that was a case of reaching out. Um, but most of them, it's via my, my pal Andy and uh, myself. Like, I played with Mark McNulty, uh, who's now at Dundee United, so like, it was easy enough to get in one. So, yeah, right. you, you feel, you know it yourself, but when you reach out, you don't get the feeling of rejection you get. Mm. It's never the nicest, but you just need to keep plugging away, I suppose. I know, that's it. And the yeah, worst I can say is no into it, or they'll yeah. get back to you in, in your case with some some people that have asked, but I hope it's going to happen, isn't it? Nobody's yeah. got time to, to come on and chat for a bit. But See, um, Dick Campbell, have you seen the one with Hamilton goal? Like the one yeah. last week, they released the funny, the funny story. Yeah, Did you see that the one? The thing is, like, people will see the Dick Campbell interview and think, oh, he's quite funny in that. That, that was poor from him. Like, he's usually times funnier than that. Like, see the dressing room, you cannot believe this stuff. He's saying you're rolling about the floor laughing. Just <laughs> one what his team talks, like, like you just, you just, it's the most unbelievable thing ever. You know it's going to be a doozy. You know the things he's going to say before, and you're still rolling about laughing. And Jack Hamilton, who's signed for them on loan, to our bro from loan, was at East Fife on loan for me. And he was texting me like, oh, what's it like? And I was just like, you just wait and see. Text me after the <laughs> And then he was like, this is the funniest thing ever. And I was like, Where's your f-? his first training session was the Tuesday. He was like, right, um, where did I train? I told him where he trains. And I'm like, you just tell me about the session. And he just he said, text me after that, phone me after that. Like, what is that? I've never seen anything like that in my life. This is the most mental <laughs> session I've ever. What was, it, what was the training like? Um, so there's like a classic of his is like, <clears throat> like you get in a box and you're running about and it's cold. And he's like, right, start slapping each other's legs as hard as you can. <laughs> so like, then, and then you're like, oh, this is hurting my leg. And then you're like, right, pair up. So I used to always pair up with a boy called Gavin Swanky. Me and him were always playing with each other and he's still there, actually. Our bro. It was like, now, right, shadow box. And he's like, now he's like, right, club him around the ear. <laughs> we just like, pretend. So there's that. And then he's like, possession box. And it's like, Five, like a rondo box but he's got the whole team in there so it's just like a royal rumble smashing for stuff <laughs> and then so the coaching isn't always uh, probably up to date but like his man to, his man management and the way he gets makes you feel a million dollars you just want you want to impress him it's one of them you yeah. want to impress he's like that I don't know that that father figure but quite abusive at times to you but he's like you always want to impress him so uh, yeah. he's, he's doing something right he's, I've had him for 10 years I loved him and he's He's, he's won leagues, whatever he's been doing. So we get four mm. for Berlin then, eh? Yeah, it was four. Same teams, teams want to give him a chance in professional football. Four for, he signed me three times. Did he? Um, yeah, he signed me four for once I left to go to Livingston. He signed me back again at four for. And then our brophy took me when I left four for. And then he's, he's he's loyal as well. He's like, he knows what I'm like. He likes me and I like him. And offered, offered me a deal. When I left, I just wanted to play more regular football. I didn't think yeah. I was going to get it. So I left. But just as I... As a man, he's like so different to me, but like just so principled, and I really respect him. And, I, and, and yeah, he's the one guy in football I think if, like that, that is my father figure in football. It's probably him, but he's yeah. the one guy that, that I've got so many stories about. Just love the experience. He'll be the one memory. Even like but Air United, there's a famous clip of him uh, running on the pitch. I don't know if you've seen that, and he gets banned. So it's on the terrace TV. They always use it, and he's. Uh, he runs on, I've been rugby tackled and he's ran on the pitch and he's trying to square up with the ref. It's incredible. And he gets sent to the, the stand and he's coming back on. It's so comical, it's hilarious. You've got to seek it out, right? And it got, I got like an eight game ban and we got, I was devastated that day we got beat. Now I look back on that and I'm like, that is the funniest thing ever. Like that is a memory <laughs> that I will never have ever had if, I had if he hadn't signed me. So terrible time, but when I think back on my football career, it's him all the time. He's the one that overarching theme to my football career. It just shows you what you can have all the knowledge in the world about tactics and like 
drills and all that, but if you've not got that personality to, to make the sessions and that fun and enjoyable and get a laugh at your players, then are you really going to get that much from them? He's do, don't get me wrong, he's tactically good and stuff. Like he knows his stuff. But in mm-hmm. terms of like the sessions, he's more interested in keeping because he only got your part-time players for a few hours a week before the game. He's more he knows we'll have a fitness up, so it's more a bit of fitness and then it's a bit of fun and it's always small-sided games. Always mm-hmm. very simple. I think a lot of coaches overthink it these days, yeah. especially at part-time. It's a lot of shape and a lot of. But you've only got a few hours with your players, and you do need to keep their spirits up and use a master at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. one one of those guys that I'll always look back fondly on. Brilliant. Would you, would you get back into football? Are you still playing? Who, me? Or him? He's still playing now? Not yeah, he's family. He's five now, yeah. He's five, so furloughed, furloughed at this very minute. Um, what league's so, that? Two? One? League, league one. So, good. Well, we're, doing, we're doing fine. I was I was in good form before the the shutdown happened. I was scored a few goals and then... You striker then? No, no, I'm a, I'm a midfielder, but ended up playing a free up top. Like, I'm a winger, so I played left or right. But mm-hmm. they were... It was one of the things that I'm just so frustrated at because I'm on form and I don't see now, like, listen, I'm not saying COVID isn't real. I'm not a COVID denier, but I'm just saying that we're testing folk, right? So how can we not get away with playing if we're getting tested in the championship and that continues? It just, for me, seems ridiculous. And I'm, yeah, drained with that. Like, I know, it must be a tough. It must be a yeah. slap in the face as well when you hear about Rangers players potentially hit the weekend, breach, breaching the rules as well. That must be a slap in the face for yeah. players in the lower leagues considering... They're allowed to go ahead, but they can't stay in the house. So frustrating. They man sell like haven't exactly covered them selling glory. The pair of them, but it probably makes no impact, probably makes no impact on us because they are full time. They're in their bubble and all that. I get that, but in the championship, mm-hmm. there's part time teams. In my league, there's full time teams. Falkirk, Partick, uh, Airdrie, and they're being told they can't play. So it's, it's killing clubs and it's killing That's... a lot of people's enthusiasm. See, in terms of like you are training and stuff like that then have you been given anything that you need to keep doing just now or is it just basically keep yourself fit no we've been given stuff to do but a lot of it's run based and i looked at my window mm. when it was last week and it was just 10 inches of snow good luck that. <laughs> that's the worst snow i've heard for like since i've started working in fife like it never normally gets it that bad ah, it was incredible so like the snow is terrible and there's so much you can do i live in a second floor flat it's tiny in edinburgh and the neighbours don't like the noise. So if I'm tiptoeing around my room, my hut flat anyway, the best of times, so I'm not going to be doing like a hit session. Or <laughs> P.E. with Joe. Yeah, P.E. with Joe. It's diff- live lessons aren't easy in my flat. So it was, um, it, it's, it's really tricky. Just like, it's meant, you know, mentally just draining. And a lot of players I know are, are really struggling. A lot, of, a lot of professional footballers are really, really struggling with, with, with that balance at the moment. Mm. Right, well then, we'll can I move back onto the teaching side of things then, Danny. So, in terms of your experience teaching PE, for any primary teachers out there listening, what kind of advice would you have for them when it comes to teaching PE? First thing, just be really, really busy if you can. Like, be, like, in terms of getting involved with committees, PPAS committee, all that kind of thing is just going to really improve your, your practice um, tenfold. It really helped mine. So, if you can, I know you, when you're a primary school teacher, time's off the essence, but... It's a really valuable thing. If you can get involved with, with, with these kind of committees, that would be the first thing I would probably do. Um, listen to this kind of thing. Look at content. Content Because Johnny Perman's a good one of the guests you had on. He's very good at sharing content, whereas a lot of people hold a lot of it in themselves. He's put a lot out there. So if you, if you look into the content that is already out there, SAP is another one um, that have got great stuff on teaching games for understanding. There's stuff there. Um, so trying to tap into that if you can. Um, for me, it was it's helped me is not getting too bogged down in the benchmarks. And the sounds are great because I think they're really simple, and they're derived from the benchmarks. So, 
when I'm doing a lesson that's focusing on one or two sales. I think a lot, when I first started, it was having a learning intention, but then whenever I saw something from the sale board in the lesson, I was like, oh, he's shown kind of, oh, great resilience there, oh, great, whatever, but just dip, dipping in and out, and there was no in-depth learning taking place. So I found the best thing to do is focus on one or two sales, keep it really simple. Um, with that, if you're teaching PE, just don't try to overthink it and get too bogged down with the benchmarks. Um, what else? Um, struggling for ideas here, let me think. Well, just t- touching on your benchmark one, like yeah. that makes it, I think that's good advice because they all happen naturally anyway. I think, as, you're, as you say, like you end up just trying to like look at it and then talk about it, and you're talking about all different benchmarks in one lesson, where if you have two for a focus over a block, then you can get real depth to learning. Yeah, um, yeah. Not to say the other ones aren't coming up, but you're just knowing maybe talking about them explicitly as much like, as the other two. Yeah, make, make, a, make a mention of them, I feel, but like bring it all back to this. I think if you just keep two, it keeps me anchored when I'm teaching, that's the that's focus, and I can go... T- Checking at the start, checking throughout the, the lesson, and at the end, and, I, and then at the end, you know the kids have got it. Whereas I can go before I was going back, and I'm like, "What's communication?" Yeah. And they would have no idea how, mm-hmm. how that would relate itself in the classroom. It's just trying to make it explicit, isn't it? That's what one of the guests said yeah. on last week we had on about making having even just like a like in your learning intention or your your success criteria having that explicit in there what you want to see, and you can always just draw their attention back to that. Yeah, that's it. it. Only, you've only got a certain amount of time as well. You have to have some clear focus in a lesson mm-hmm. um, for the time that you've got and just hammer that one or two benchmarks into the lesson and then continue at the next lesson or make adaptations to maybe move on to another benchmark. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing I was going to say was, see, with primary school kids especially, it might be different with high school, but what's worked for me, someone, I can't remember who gave me this advice, but it really worked for me, was getting them warm, as soon as they get in the hall, as soon as they get excited, before you even teach them, tell them the sales or whatever, go and do a warm-up game, like a really simple warm-up game, get a, a lot of energy out, then bring them in and go over it and see the focus. And, 100%. Aye. And then, I don't know if that's the same at high school, but see it at primary school, because they know they've got PE, they're buzzed because they love PE. Mm. They, they just can't sit still from the start. But if they get that little bit of exercise out, warm-up, done, come in, they're more, way more ready to engage, way more. I don't know. I feel that like at certain times of the day. So if I've got a class straight after lunch, they come in for lunch like hyper as. So yeah. I try and get them like moving as quick as I can and get them straight in and getting them active before going through any sort of learning intention or that. But it just, it just depends on the classes that, that I have as well. I think like some I feel can come in and they're, they're calm and they're ready just to take that on board and get going. And others, I'm like, nah, I need to get them running about first. Yeah. To yeah. That's, that's right. You do a bit of evaluation, kind of read the body language and see what you need to do. But, I've done that with primary a lot, got them warmed up and get them thinking about their movement and stuff like that for the first 10 minutes and then bring them in. Yeah. Um, just make it a short kind of introduction and get them moving again. The last thing you want is them sitting about too much. Yeah, um, I, think, I think that's be, it. I think as well, like, you want, want it to be fun for them as well. You right. really want it to be fun for them because like, people think, again, get bogged down the benchmarks and bogged down the little bits, but they all happen naturally. So if you have these games like, like the teaching games for understanding stuff, the stuff just happens naturally in that, and you can pick it out. So I'm a big, I'm a big believer, and that's been the best thing for me when I'm teaching is using teaching games for understanding at every stage because it's helped me assess. It's, it's the kids have absolutely loved it because they love games. We all love games when we were playing, but it pulls out strands that I can go. Oh, I need to work on this. I need to work on that. 
as I'm just watching. And you can have them all involved. Even at the side, you've got have them whiteboards or they can write on the board themselves. Um, it's just been, that's been the main, the main, the best thing that I've done when I've been teaching, been teaching games for understanding. I couldn't, I couldn't, um, I couldn't speak highly enough of it. Because it allows you to teach. It allows you to walk about and give feedback because there's nothing better than standing back and knowing a class or living it. Yeah. It allows you to then teach because they don't need to deal with behaviour. Yeah. So it's, it's much better. Um, and they, they enjoy it. So if that's, that's the number one priority, make it fun so they engage in it for the rest of their life. Um, and then, aye, so that's a good point. TGFU, you got another guest on for that, list. I mean, who do we have? I think it was, was it Cameron Sure? Was it Chris Crookson? It was one of the two. They were primary PE specialists, but. Aye, one of them covered um, Sport Ed and one was TGFU. Was on TGFU. Yeah, very I listened, good to, practice. I I listened to one, it was, must have been, because I was on the way to Dalkey Funning Track, so it must have been about a month and a half ago. Was it Chris or was it Cameron? I can't remember. But it was really, that, that was one that was using, talking about teaching games for understanding the way he would do it and operate. And I was like, I, I was doing a lot of the stuff already, but then some of the stuff I wasn't. And I was like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll put that into action. Mm-hmm. It, sound, it sounds great. It sounds great how he's doing it. Right, so where are we then? That's loose. Number four. Number five. Right, so... Moving on to the kind of last question, Danny. Um, what have you learned about how to plan and deliver PE lessons, um, which could help primary teachers looking to teach more PE? Because in my experience, the primary practitioners lack confidence, rightly so, because I've not had as much training in it. Um, I know you've been through the primary PGD course and you've got a sporting background and you're passionate about it, but for primary teachers out there who are, are sceptical skeptical about, about kind of stepping into the games hall and and teaching a PE class because of the kind of unpredictable nature of it, would you have any um, advice on what you've learned kind of planning and delivering lessons? Yeah, I think so. But see, first on that, like, it's, it's, I know it's horrible, see, for these people, like, it's like me going to teach music, it's horrible. But see if you just put yourself, chuck yourself in the deep water, there will be a lot of negative things probably that come out of it, but there will be more positive. Like, if the kids are running about and getting their sweat on, it's been worthwhile, first yeah. and mm-hmm. foremost. That, that's the very basic uh, then. So my first thing would be just, chuck yourself in and it'll only get better from there usually usually and um, i know what's the worst that can happen well the kids i always felt when i started teaching you really worry about what the kids think but the kids don't care no the kids don't even want like caring if you're doing aifl strategies or how they've not got a screw what's going on <laughs> no, but you always worry like can you get that right and i need to get that right but they don't even mm. no it's the, the, the imposter syndrome again it's, mm. it's massive but if you just chuck yourself in, and even if you're not confident, just pretend you're confident for the first bit. It's always a good bit of advice. And in, yeah. uh, in terms of like just getting them moving, first and foremost, then you've done half the work in itself. And then try not to reinvent the wheel when you're doing it. So I've said it before, but the amount of resources that are out there, the SAT PCE stuff, the Johnny Penman stuff that we've talked about, BMT, loads of stuff on that already. Use them and tweak them a little bit. So they're good. BMT is a good starting block for, for especially with the V ones. Um, getting getting that into some kind of warm ups is, is, is a good strategy. If you're going to, if, if it's long term planning, which I do, sort of term planning and long term plan, teach by context. I would say that's been. If you're not, if you're not as confident in your your skills and adaptable with your skills, if you plan by teaching by context, it's there, it's regimented, it's easy. You kind of have a, a framework to work within. Um, a bit of advice again, we went back to it, don't assume. 
they'll be able to do very basic things, um, which they might be better at anyway. See, if they don't have that PE background, they might have a bit more difficulty catching a ball. Then, so they might know the difficulties they face. But for us, catching a ball was just as simple as throw a ball, catch it, easy. They don't know the breakdown. They might know the breakdown more, but don't don't assume that kids will be able to do certain stuff. Keep it really, keep it quite basic when you're first mm-hmm. going in. Keep it quite basic. Um, as again, bring Dick Campbell, and he always used to say. Uh, keep the kiss strategy to keep it simple stupid strategy so just keep it simple stupid that's what you used to say mm. yeah. so keep it simple which is mm-hmm. which is a good it's probably not politically correct but it's a it's a nice it's a nice, it's a nice uh, uh, it works for you uh, yeah keep absolutely. it simple simple for you it's simple for the kids to understand and it's clear absolutely and then i like the use of whiteboards i know that's good in in classrooms and primary anyway but that's a really good tool um in primary school PE because they're diverse at using whiteboards in the classroom um, anyway to give quick answers on certain things and it's a good tool for assessment straight at the start when I'm going through my learning test success criteria I learned the sound I give them true or false questions um, and then they can answer straight and it's a great tool for me there and then in terms is that just like portable whiteboards like show me boards yeah so I'll have a box of whiteboards beside my thing, a box of black pens because there's like a little step I put them in there beside me. They know to get that usually because I try to keep it routine as best as possible. They know to get that straight off the bat and I'll go, I don't know, speed is this. So we give four definitions and they have to A, B, C or D and then which one's wrong, which one's false. So like a true or false with that one, um, something like that. Um, I read it in a book recently but it seems it gets them thinking already straight off the bat, it gets them thinking and gets, because they're fidgety with their hands anyway. So after I've done my warm up, I do this. And then they, they flip the boards over. So they're, they're on that. And I've used the boards and the sal board as well. Good. I like that one with the true or false. Yeah, it's good. Because you need to know the wrong answer and the right answer. So you've done double the winner. Yeah. I'm sure I've read something that's like retrieval practice. Yeah. Uh, that's brilliant. A lot of time they'll just give you the wrong answer anyway. So a lot of time it's no good. But, some, but it, gets <laughs> some, it gets them thinking um, like that. Gets 50, them, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Um, so, and, and even in terms of like assessing their peers, see, I've, if I play handball, we talked about this great game for it. And then, if we're work, looking on the, on the side and they're not playing with a whiteboard, who's who's doing like because we've got a clear success criteria. Who's doing this? Who's doing this? Give me some names, and they love that because they love to give some compliments out to their classmates. Mm-hmm. Who's doing that? Um, so I utilise those who are not playing with a whiteboard as well. So whiteboards, like, even though you think it's not a great tool for PE and they're running about, have that ready. It's been great for me. Yeah. But kind of literacy side as well is, is writing, writing as well and observing um, performance as well. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I, I bet you they're not scared to say what things aren't going as well either. Sometimes like that a bit more. It can, <laughs> can crush an individual's confidence and self-esteem. So sometimes I have to buy oh, 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 there, but one good thing as well, please. <laughs> it's the old sandwich effect. Yeah, Usually it's just yeah, the rubbish. Uh, yeah, but, yeah but you know your kids. You know which ones are more likely to do that. With their hands already just start. To just not that. Give them their say. Give them their say. But and the last piece of advice would be if you're primary school, have a look in the PE cupboard. Have a look at what you've got. Um, and think about the facilities and how you can manipulate them to, to do certain activities and drills. Because I've got that horrible hall, but I can split it into two. And I can have two games running at once, get some, and then you have them on the whiteboard. So I've got, I've got a big class of 33. I can get them all working at once. So mm-hmm. thinking about the, the resources big, you have. That's a big one. Like get them moving. Like you said, you've done small sided games in football, but <clears throat> you need to get them 
um, moving, don't you? Like I see a lot of sometimes teachers like there's people sitting off and they've got one game on. Whereas you've just said you can split into two and have two games on, and everyone's working. And that's where you can lose them, I suppose. Especially in primary school, their attention spans are boom. You can lose them yeah. there and then. And then at high school, probably some be- the behaviour maybe can really escalate if they're sitting there bored out their scratcher. So you've got to keep that's them it. engaged, haven't you? That's right, definitely. That's a challenge. What do you do to get to keep them involved in high school? I've got, see, like, if I had a real challenge, this, I'll go back to my probation year, like, I had a, a class of 33 and it was for an S3, like, pre-national class. So, like, they were going into their national five the, the, the next year and um, we were on volleyball and obviously like the national fives and the hires get priority of the facilities because obviously they've got exams and um, so we had one of the smaller halls and we, could, we only had a net to go like halfway along the like split the, the, the hall horizontally so you could only have a max of like 12, 12 players on like doing 6v6 but they didn't even have the skill level to play 6v6 volleyball um, so, so like something I tried was just even uh, managed to just kind of make this makeshift net and put it split the hall long ways yeah. and I tie it and tie it to the uh, the two basketball nets at either end of the hall and that seemed to work a wee bit. The space was a bit tight, but it got more more involved and they could do like we two v two games, which was a bit more manageable. So I think it's just trying to be creative with the the space that you've got available, even if it's not going to make perfect facilities, yeah. like if it's not making a perfect volleyball stand or. Um, but it's what you need to you need to adapt and, and make the best out of a bad situation sometimes. Mm. You, say, you say like kids don't really care about the AFL stuff and all that as well. Mm. It's similar to that. They don't usually really care about the quality uh, equipment. They're they not don't. professional volleyball players. They just like <laughs> well, throw know. a ball about and yeah. I have, have a good time. Uh, well, um, I just keep it, try and be clear, I'm instruct, try and be clear about what I want to get out of the lesson. Um, Keep it fun and make sure they try and learn something new as well. Uh, every lesson, try and teach them something new, um, and then just like basic principles, like thinking if I was in that lesson, what would I be doing? Like, would I enjoy this? And just mm-hmm. just be things like that to get you thinking, to make sure that it's, it's always enjoyable and uh, get to know their names, I suppose, build build relationships, um, and make sure they don't spend too long on on the practices and they get the warm-ups, get, get them into the games, as you said. That's what they come to pee for. They come to play the game towards towards the end. So I would always, always make sure that I get a game in. Yeah. If I'm struggling for time, they play a game every single time they come. Yeah. Um, and you get the, the buy-in from them then, because they know, they know if they can put a shift in the early doors, then they'll, they'll be rewarded for it. Yeah. You can use it as a motivator. Absolutely, I think, yeah. I think names for me, especially like in high school, like that's one of the hardest things because you've got all these different classes. I think I've got like 12 different classes and see like names, particularly in a PE context, it's so much harder to remember names if you don't have a seating plan or anything. So having that nailed is just like crucial yeah, because you're is shouting people like a, like halfway across a game hall and it just helps so much with your, your classroom management. It's just yeah, a simple, such, such a, such a simple thing. Building relationships as well. I totally. you can't, if you don't know someone's name, they're not going to. They just nah, they're not going to have that bond with you. I know. I know you I feel know. horrible. You feel horrible when you go to speak to somebody and you forget that you forget their name as well. <laughs> you have to ask that pal. <laughs> 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 right. Well, that kind of um, leads us nicely into the, the final bit of the podcast, Danny. So it's a wee quick fire round of three questions. We just asked these three questions to all the guests. So. We'll kick off with question one. If you could have a giant billboard in your hometown or anywhere in the world, what would it say on it? Doesn't I thought about this one, but I'm not like... So my thing would just be have fun, share a laugh, because I think people in teaching as well take themselves too seriously a lot yeah. of the time. It's just have fun, share a laugh, have a, have a good time. 
So yeah. have fun, share a laugh. That's what I'll go for. I love it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Number two, what people or books have had the greatest influence on your life? I don't think there's been a person really. I think take bits from a lot of different people, but in terms of books, I think personally, uh, there's a book from Drew. Uh, Drew sorry, Drew, sorry, what about Dick Campbell? You're going to say him? Yeah, you take bits from him, but I, I won't be taking his Rondo blocks. <laughs> I won't be taking his. So I, yeah, I genuinely thought I was going to say that. He has, he's, he's had an influence on me. He definitely has, but there's been bits and pieces that I would not, maybe not take. Yeah, okay. <laughs> to the next thing. There's been lots like my, my dad, if he was listening, he would be what about me? What about me? He's another one that's had a huge influence on me, but um there's no one figure really that I would uh, say yeah. that I just t- tried these bits you can learn from 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 all Good. sorts. So I think yeah. there's one person that I would say I'm my own person. I'm me. I've just got to mm. yeah, mm. and all that rubbish. But my the books wise, there's a couple I read one I read a couple of years ago, Drew Broughton um, author Drew Broughton his next footballer it's called And Then What he's like a footballer from the lower leagues England and he suffered mentally with mental health things and addiction and now he's like a life coach and, a, and he works in a facility and some of the stuff he said was really crucial to me at that time because my form was bad at that time and he, he was saying simple things like you've had a bad game the fans were on top of you and you're driving back and you see the golden arches at McDonald's and you're just like, you go there and you take it and then you gorge on that, that sugar and you feel good for a minute, but then you feel horrendous after it, etc. And just, that was just some of the anecdotes, but it was just a lot of the things and how to get away from that behaviour that just that just doubles down on your bad form, pretty much doesn't help you. So that was, from a football perspective, that was one that I really enjoyed. And then there's a book I'm reading at the moment that I'm quite enjoying because I don't agree with a lot of it. So it's making me think, and it's, it's called The Teaching Delusion. Um, Bruce Robertson, um, he's from Scotland, I think he's from the Borders. Nice. Um, but a lot of things he's telling me is alien to what I've been told is good, um, good practice. So it's making me think about it. He's saying that like there's no set, there's no there's no different learning styles. He's saying that, that everybody learns just the same, same way. And I was like, what? There's different. Learning. Some people learn practically. Some people learn better with visuals. But he's saying there's not, and the, the research backs it up. I've not got into the position where I've looked at the research yet, but he's so confident with it. So that's making me think. And he's also saying that. It's called The Teaching Delusion, I think. I've heard um, it. I've just never got around to reading that. It's quite interesting. A lot of it's quite interesting. A lot of it's stuff you all agree with. Other things is like, you no, know, you've got like, the kids do their, choose their own learning and the kids are the, 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 the agents of change and they give them the autonomy. He's mm-hmm. like, we're teachers and we know best. You look at John Hattie's, um, the impact that certain practices have corporate learning. They said that the kid first learning is like 0.1, the effect, whereas like direct instruction, Mm-hmm. It's like 0.77 or whatever, so it's way more, um, way more, way more, a better, much better use of time. So he's arguing that, which is way, way different to everything I've heard. It was, is he basically all for like directive teaching and that kind of? Yeah, but he feels like direct instruction, uh, direct teaching is, um, he, he goes into that. It's not what people assume direct. Like you just think he's just telling you, he goes into a bit more detail about mm. it's not just the stereotype of you do this and whatever. But lecture and almost. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit different, but if it's quite a different because I've, I've always been told in primary sector, anyway, yeah, the children have got to be the leaders of change. They've got to tell you what they want to learn and, and going about it. But he was saying there's not much room for that in the limited time you've got. Um, so it was just oh. interesting because it's every book I've read prior to that is, is not really said that. So it's just one that 
is interesting just now. I'm only halfway through it, but I'm, but it's, I'm, I'm going to go and have to look at it because he might just be talking out of his bum. But, <laughs> but I'm not meant to go and look into the, the studies that he's, he's researched. But um, he's used hat and he's used uh, Dylan William and all the like, proper to back right. himself up. So I think it can sometimes go too far when we, you're right, like too far people voice, too much people voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. we, we're the teachers, we know the best. We're qualified, so we need to make sure that we are setting up the right learning environment um, mm. but also take, taking the vote, taking the opinions of the young people as well so it's kind of balance I suppose isn't it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely lessons of life mm-hmm. um, final one then Danny what advice would you give to a primary teacher who lacks confidence in teaching PE I would just say just chuck yourself in honestly it's never going to be as bad as you think it'll never be as bad as you think I'm a big in any situation in life I'm a big believer in just chucking yourself into something yeah because you, you guys asked me to come on here and I've seen some of your guests. I wasn't that, mo- that comfortable coming on, but I've chucked myself in and had a good time. And it, and it wasn't it was that bad, was it? It was, it was all right. No, it was great, man. Yeah, exactly. We got into some stuff. So I That's like, you always just build these fears up in your head. Like, I'm the same, but like, I was the exact same before we did like that webinar and all that. I was like, oh no, I yeah. can't do this. Like, who am I to be going on and talking? And de- like, I'm like, you just yeah. totally, it's like that imposter syndrome thing, like you say, I spoke, spoke about it before. And that yeah. it's, I know, I've had it's, an episode about that, Danny. I don't know if you've seen it. I've not seen that one. So there's a who's who's on that. I'll send you. It's a, one of one of our pals. Well, we met him. Kind of met him a, a few years back. We were kind of got a bit closer to him in lockdown. And we do a lot of kind of cold water therapy work, and he's a he's a counsellor. Um, so I'll pop that over to you. Getting to that, I think we the Scottish people spell we're, we're always like a bit negative for ourselves. So I think that it mm. does feed into you. But I'm I'm very conscious of it. I'm trying to chuck myself in situations, and I think if you do that. As a teacher, if you chuck yourself in it, as I say, what's the worst that can happen? Like, as long as they get a sweat on, you've done something right, you've done something right, it's been worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Those, those who lack confidence, just have a go. Just chuck, yeah. chuck yourself in. Brilliant. Too much pressure on yourself. Final question What's the medal in the background? I, f- I hope you see that. Um, that's <laughs> uh, one of the league we and nice. we had promotion to the championship. There's, also, there's a few more. There's goal of the season for four years straight. Different ones in there. Goal of the season. Yeah, goal of the season. I've got a great back catalog. You need to see some of my goals. Aye. Last one I got was 2018, I think. But I was like five years in a row. Goal of the season. Uh, were you? Brilliant. Got my mum and dad to vote. And, uh, <laughs> was it as good as Ryan Jacks at the weekend? Oh, that was a. There's, oh, I scored an overhead kick at Hamden from the edge of the box. From near as a dance squad. Um, against Queen's Park in the Scottish Cup, um, oh, in, Scottish incred- Cup? in the Scottish Cup five years ago really? Uh, yeah is it oh. pro- probably um, better than Zidane's goal it's not really? better than Zidane's goal but it was a good it was a good goal it was a good goal it, won, it was in the goal of the round competition didn't win it right but so what's the fellowship of winning the Scottish Cup or the League Cup not a great like, League Cup quarters I think I think last 16 quarters uh, Celtic or any, any Premiership teams I loads of like I've been playing for ten years. I played. Um, I've never played against Celtic, but played Rangers last year on the TV f- in the League Cup, and we got papped three 0 which was interesting. Who was, who was who was that for? Oh, that's right. Up it, it was. I was Wednesday that day, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was Wednesday. Well, watching was, the telly. Yeah, and then Defoe was just different level because we were actually all right, and he just turned on. And then it was just nice to to, um, to see Stephen Gerrard that close. Got to mm-hmm. shake his hand. Got to Did smell you? him. He smells magnificent. <laughs> 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 never smell anything. Is it no Links Africa? 
It's definitely not like South Africa. It's definitely not. I think he's, 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 I think these A-listers, like Steve Jared, they've got like their own apple shapes. They must. I've never smelled anything uh, like it. Honestly, you've been serious, I. <laughs> you can <laughs> smell it from the other end of the pitch. Yeah, I had to go for a, as I walked past them as a shape. I didn't even need to. He just, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, so. You're a big Rangers fan yourself? Me? No, yeah. I hate, hate the old firm. Any Celtic and Rangers. Um, what are your hearts? Uh, hearts, yeah, Celtic and Rangers. Just a way to argue with yourself, the period, honestly. <laughs> you, what, you, you're a Rangers man, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> Rangers, Rangers. Right. You're both Rangers? Yeah. You, to be fair, do you know what? Rangers have been good this season from media point of view. They've not really got involved with their stupid statements and their stupid whatever. They've just oh. let Celtic do their stupid statements and look what happens. Yeah. No what stupid statements from Rangers. Rangers are top of the league. Stupid statements from Celtic and yeah, Celtic. Get involved, get involved with the wrong stuff. We've just concentrated on yeah, the, got them in your business. The pitch. Been, been relentless. Aye, they've been brilliant. It's been, it's just been exciting to, just been ex- buzzing to watch them. Like that's what's kept you going into it through lockdown. Well, for been me good, personally, been good to watch as well. Like mm-hmm. I've watched them in Europe and just like they actually, I didn't see this coming at all. Did yeah. not see this coming at all. I didn't see them coming as quick as this, but um, I just. I'm getting frustrated now though. I don't know why. I texted my dad the other day just wanting us to win the league. Like I can't be bothered waiting. See, because I know we've won. Do you think that there's a chance they could catch you? No, I just, I don't think they could catch us, but I just want to get it done. I want yeah. to win it because I know it's Imagine that happen, but like, I'm, just imagine like the, the wrath that would come that out. That would be quite funny. Hand. From my point of view, it would be quite <laughs> funny. <laughs> That'd be horrendous. Do you know, it would not have been better though to have just won it on the last day. Like, would it not just be like, no, I think, not I think, just have preferred I think, it because it's too, been too easy. See that, like, you would have a moment of elation when you win the league is going to be like, oh, we've had this one for ages, it's kind of like slow. But see if you did the one up on the last day, you should have been like, stop the 10, whatever. No, I, I, think, I, think I, I, I think because we're stopping the 10 and getting 55, I think I just want to win it ASAP. I, mean, I don't want the last yeah. day, maybe in any other season, then aye, it's probably better on the last day. But I just want to win it ASAP. And I, want to, I want to go as far as, as far as we can in Europe as well. I think we've done, we're unbeaten in Europe this year, so. Only that continue on Thursday. Is it this Thursday? Uh, Champions League's tomorrow and then uh, Europe, Europe League Thursday. I'll tune in. I'll tune in. Well, that um, kind of went off a tangent there. A wee bit <laughs> <laughs> off topic. Um, but no, that kind of, no, it's always good to get a wee bit informal chat in there as well. So that kind of rounds us off nicely for this episode, Danny. So just want to thank you for giving up your time and coming on and just sharing your experiences and, and teaching PE in the primary school and you know, obviously your football and podcasting background in that as well. So thanks a lot. Yeah. That was an absolute pleasure. I, I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate you having me on and, and keep up the good work that you're doing because it's very beneficial to me and other, and other teachers. Cheers. Yeah, keep in touch. It's good to have you on. Um, nice to meet you and we'll, we'll keep in touch. Likewise. Great episode again, top man Danny, uh, good to speak about football as well um, on the podcast, something we've not done too much of, but um, always relating it back to teaching, always relating it back to um, how we can help the profession take on uh, additional strategies or just listen in to what we're saying and see if they're going through the same sort of, same sort of problems and barriers and how, how we're overcoming them. Um, so what would your key takeaway message be then, Lewis? I think um, Danny offered some really good advice for primary PE teachers when they're looking to deliver PE because I think it's a lot of the time it's like confidence issues, whether it's like delivering activities such as gymnastics or things like that where there's particular health and safety concerns and teachers just don't really want to, they feel uncomfortable in that situation. That's like from my experience um, work doing PE in primary schools. So I think it's you don't need to 
like do a specific sport to start off you can get you can, there's so many fun games out there that you can get the kids doing where it's focusing on different benchmarks or styles whatever you want to call them um as a starting point because the especially the primary kids they just love letting off some steam and having a bit of fun so i think that was some good valuable advice for uh, primary PE teachers out there and then once you get a wee bit of confidence of delivering that sort of lesson and being in that environment then branch out and try and specialize not even specialize just like learn a wee bit more about a certain sport and um, start trying new things and just start small and just throw yourself in there and go for it I think that's there's a lot that can be said for that it's never that bad once you actually take take action and, and try it yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Spot on. Um, it's just about trying it, it's experiencing, experiencing it, and then reflecting on it and refining it, and making sure it's fun for the kids. And get involved in those communities, uh, uh, like PPAS and the SAP Primary Group and stuff like that. There's loads of amazing resources on there, and loads of amazing. Um, now PPAS is as big. Um, in my experience, it's a it's a good pro- good uh, community project to be part of, and share, there's a share there's a lot out there to help you. You know I mean, there's people there that I want to help you listen to this podcast and you'll get advice from people like Danny, people like Chris Crookston, Cameron Stewart, all these PE practitioners in the primary school setting. So they're, they've also got some, some really good advice to, to share. So I, know, I think what we're doing with the podcast is actually giving these un, unsung heroes, if you like, the chance to talk about their practice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's not just podcasters, isn't it? Just people who have got master's degrees or mm-hmm. PhD or they're very good um, but um, I think having people give, giving the people opportunity to talk about their practice and what they do on a day to day basis there's not really a platform for that so that's what we're It makes it a bit to. easier for somebody to go and implement something like that, an idea that's happening in a classroom versus the first thing that they try to do in a PE context is go and deliver a sport education model or something. Mm-hmm. Right, so my, my key takeaway message would be take a kind of mindset approach to what Dan was saying I love these mindset on accepting challenging tasks or sort of things that, things that fear him. Um, he spoke about the example of coming on the podcast. He felt as if he didn't feel comfortable because of the guests we've had on. So I always said there as well, take the first step. It's never as bad once you take it. Mm. Um, you know, there's loads of things you can talk about. Is whatever lies on the other side of fear, because it is just fear that you feel, then it usually is good things that happen once you take, once you move towards it, it gets smaller. So we can speak from experience as well. We're always just so so self-critical. We're always so quick just to put ourselves down, aren't we? Like, he said that and then he came on and he was just brilliant. Like, he had loads of good information to share and um, I just thought it was a really good episode and there was a lot to take from it. Mm-hmm. I know you always think what you're saying is good, but it's helping others. And from um, our perception, we thought that was good, you know? So it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a funny one. It's on the head. Just try, try to back ourselves, eh? Right, another takeaway message done then that uh, finishes off finishes off the episode for another week. Um, we're enjoying this. Hopefully you are as well um, and you're taking things away and implementing it just like we are. Um, so have a great week and um, we'll be back next week. See you later.